0: Cool. All right. right. You ready? Because this is all going to be about you.
1: No. (laughs) All right. Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike, um, the creator of the One Life Podcast, believes most people don't know how to use their gifts. Talk or about you guys. They are. Mike, when you decide to oh, see about from a different guys, perspective so. and be true to yourself? <laughs> the One Life Podcast and talk unites about the coalition. The world through art, yeah, fashion, music, that. and okay. film. It inspires, oh, motivates, that. and creates positive you say energy and compassion to all community, okay. It okay, cool. creates an equal playing field for oh, all. Yeah. On the One Life Podcast, they cover topics oh, like relationships, overcoming adversity, some healthy to people and much much more
2: we only have one life to live but well, that was good
0: though you did off the, the top Add of your the head one
2: life podcast yeah, it's to your playlist so that's
1: good. the number one in life available maybe on spotify amazon music apple this podcast
2: and your favorite <laughs> podcast platform <laughs> make it fun
0: what's up y'all welcome to the one life podcast <laughs> i am mike mic reed and as always i got diana gaddy doing it the gaddy way from the av well-being coalition today with us and today we have her husband ryan gaddy in the building with us how you doing today man i'm good i'm good how you doing, thank thank you for joining us
1: oh my pleasure
3: thank you for having me
0: oh good good well first we're going to check in with diana with the av well-being coalition and what kind of updates you got for us
1: hello hello we are having a ninth um a ninth annual christmas meal for the unhouse on the 11th of december we they are in need of donations volunteers and for more information please reach out to ruth at 661 202 4912 with the aclu av chapter and the dolores huerta foundation and we also have with our marines um we had jimmy on the show right yes and they are having a toy drive which is located in 237 columbia way in lancaster california and of course, if you have any information regarding the AV Wellbeing Coalition, you can always find us on Instagram at the AV Wellbeing Coalition.
0: Cool. Now, as far as the toy yeah. drive, do they have a cutoff date?
1: You know what? I They didn't have a... They did not. They but I would say probably two weeks before christmas would be good okay so
0: and who's their contact
1: jimmy jimmy mm-hmm. with the marine yes with the veteran foundation okay yeah, yeah.
0: I, know, I forgot his hat his, his hashtag his uh, ig you
1: know what <laughs> yeah let's see all good all good okay hey, so uh
0: that's it for you AB
2: will that's be it. it that's it
1: that's all that's we have for today all right
0: then so tomorrow small business saturday november 26th you guys yes. from 12 to 4 p.m on the boulevard in lancaster um, they have small business um, Saturday, so come support local, shop local, shop small.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, Pretty Little Poppy. Yes, they will be having um, also their small business and the raffle. That always catches my eye. I love. Yes, they came in went the Boulevard <laughs> for
0: a five hundred dollar raffle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're lucky feeling it. lucky? Come on down to Pretty Little Poppy.
0: Yeah. Also, I got some things coming up. You got some exciting things coming up. Um, just had a quick little uh, convo with um, What's Up AV with Nick. Uh, we're going to be doing something special here on the podcast um, in a couple of weeks. Uh, actually, not in a couple of weeks. Actually, next week uh so you guys stay tuned to that and uh, we have got some great things coming up entertainment wise with latifah shout out to latifah hey. and uh we're about to do big th- big things i mean we all coming together collaborating and that's what it's all about for us right. to bring you know the av on the map you know we go it's going to take all of us to do it that's you right. know it's community over competition you guys you know it's going to take all of us to bring all this together
1: yeah it's a beautiful thing
0: exactly all right so let's get into it so today again we got <laughs> diana gaddy mm-hmm. now brian I wanted to ask you this, because Diana gave me an explanation, but I was still confused. Sure. How do you pronounce your last name? Gotti. Gotti? Gotti, G-A-D-D-I. So, So I pronounce it Gotti. You say Gotti. So, why?
3: Well, because the double D, you know, it's not a long A, so
0: it shortens it out. That's true.
2: I like Gotti, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> i
0: like gaddy for some reason i don't know but i mean if it if it's it we gotta go Gaddy. yeah, no, yeah.
3: It, i guess it's it depends on who wants to pronounce it you know uh, i accept gaddy but me myself i like to uh, pronounce it Gaddy. Mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. not you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm not
0: mad at that though i'm not
1: yeah. mad yeah. at that oh he had me at the last name when i mm-hmm. saw that last name i was like that looks good behind diana right yeah.
0: that looks good <laughs> <laughs> sounds, <laughs> strong, sounds strong it sounds strong what what do you want us to use Gotti would be good. Gotti? <laughs> Are you okay with Gotti?
1: Yeah, I love it. Okay. Go. The Gotti way. The Gotti so way. We're going to change
0: it. The Gotti way. There
2: you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this show is all about you guys. So yeah. we want to know about you guys. Okay. How y'all been together? Uh,
3: about 18 years. Married 16. Two beautiful kids.
0: So tell me, I'd love, I love to hear a great story about how people met.
1: Yeah. Do you want to lead, Brian?
0: Sure. Uh, so... Um,
3: I was, it was around 2004, I was trying to figure things out in life, um, figure out my direction. You know, I was working for a club, but I knew I wanted more. So I decided to enroll myself in medical assisting school, uh, a program out in Panorama City. Um, So I signed up there, and uh, my first day I walked in, uh, I noticed her there. And from there we became good friends uh, through class and hanging out.
0: And we just developed a good friendship relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he caught my eye. There was something different about so, him.
0: So, so was it? I know it's cliches, but was it love at first sight?
1: I would say, yeah. Honestly, it, it really was. Um, when I saw him, he was different. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't come in wanting that attention. Or searching for it, he really was himself, and he sat and he was quiet, and I was like, "Oh, I like that." <laughs> you like
0: the quiet type.
1: <laughs> I really do. I do. I like that. I like so that about you know, him.
0: the reason why I, I brought and you know, I want I was really excited about doing the show is because I haven't really touched on relationships. Yeah, you know, because the show is really based on you know um, owners and uh, you know uh, their stories and you know trying to inspire and uplift the community, but it's also about. Um, it's everything. It's relationships as well. Um, I, I think for me, I want to just create a platform where people, have, you know, all different type of walks and just different situations, including relationships wise, tell their stories. And I know you guys got an incredible relationship. I saw that from the day from day one when I met you guys. And um, I just kind of wanted to touch on that. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, you know, in the, in the, so the AV wellbeing coalition, that is our, I guess it's our hub, right? Mm -hmm. But the program that we were all a part of through apply positive psychology is based on the PERMA method. Mm -hmm. And through the PERMA method, um, you know, it's the positive emotions, the engagement I'm like, and then the relationship, Mm -hmm. the relationship part is what really caught my eye out of everything through the PERMA method. But when I see it all coming together, you know, with, um, emotions and, you know, health and everything coming together, I said, it's a key in relationship and people don't really realize that, mm-hmm. right? If you're really not feeling good about yourself, are you going to allow someone else to see that in you? And, um, something to me that stuck with me is when you think of, intimacy right? right you think of what you think of sex or you think mm-hmm. about the way someone looks but what people don't realize is you're really letting someone look into me mm-hmm. intimacy right you're allowing people to see who you really are and i think that's what really connected brian and i that we were friends before anything right you know there was no real like oh, I'm trying to hook up, I'm trying to get with this, or vice versa. You know, in fact, I I guess I kind of was trying to holler at him. I told him, like, man, I'll drive A through Z for you, you know, and he was like, nah, you're not my type of girl. <laughs> but it's because I was just out, like, just talkative, 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 and to an, a point, you would say a little confident, right, And what I was doing and how I was moving, I thought I knew where I was going, but in reality I was just living in the moment. But I think that's what kind of brought us together. Right. Right.
3: I think the fact that, excuse me, uh, I think the fact that we were both focused on our own lives, you know, focused on trying to build ourselves instead of just trying to uh, uh, fill a void that we didn't have as far Mm -hmm. as like love relationship goes. I think the fact that we're just so trying to build ourselves, it, formed a better unity yeah. at the end.
0: Right. And, you know, again, that's why I want to bring this up. Cause I definitely want to talk an extent to this. Cause, um, both, you know, I've been married twice and both my, re- I'm, I'm i to be honest and say all my relationships, um, they've always been long-term. Like I've been married twice, but those are long-term. Like my first marriage was, uh, 24 years. My second one was, uh, I want to say eight, nine years. I'd known her for 10 Um, but all my relationships, like I've only really had maybe four or five girlfriends in my entire life. I never had a short term relationship. And that's always because going back to even what you just said, it was a connection in the beginning. Like it was a friendship. Like I knew instantly when I met actually both my wives, like it was a connection in both instances. I think um, not that I think, but I know like our first conversations went for hours that first day. And that's how I knew like, Oh, we have a connection Yeah. and I, I just knew it
1: well actually i try to hook brian up with half my friends <laughs> Really? yeah That's i interesting. i was um i i i i want to say i am and i want to say i was um insecure um and i think on our first podcast i kind of brought it up how I dealt with some shaming growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom always reminded me that because I was heavy that I would never be loved. You know, someone wasn't going to love me for who I was because of what I look like. Mm-hmm. So, when I mean, look at him. He's hot. You know, he's so handsome. And I thought to myself, well, if I can just be his friend, mm-hmm. I'm okay. That satisfied me. And I think that's why we connected because... We were such good friends, and then I thought to myself, "Well, if I can hook him up with my friend, at least I can talk to him and see where that goes." But it just didn't work out, <laughs> and my 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 best friend uh, Linda was like, "How are you going to try to hook me up with him if you like him?" And
0: now does she know do the story?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, okay. that's my best friend to this day. Well, Jessica, Jessica was like our our. Our third, our third man. She was with me through all of that, and I didn't have the courage to be alone with him, so I would drag Jay with me. Like, oh. <laughs> girl, come on, let's go. Like, he used to work at the club, so I was like, you want to go to the club? You want to go to the club? So poor thing, she was with me Monday through Friday at the club because Brian worked at the club.
0: So, everybody in your circle does that.
1: As far as
0: always hooking people up with their, their friends.
1: No, you know, we don't, but it was funny because they, they knew that I, I was into him and they were just like, no man, just go for it. And I finally did. And I was like, all right, he's not showing interest in them. And he keeps calling me, you know, his car, um, at that time wasn't working and he was in the, in the Valley. And I, I lived here in Palmdale and I would, that was my, my chance. He was like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get to school. I was like, well, I can pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> I shot my shot. Good. I shot my shot.
0: So, so the first time you guys met, um, to like, when did, when did it, when did it become like a dating thing?
3: Well, um, she had a show that she wanted to go to. Um, she was, uh, I guess seeing some guy and so she wanted to go see him perform, but I guess it was just a, a, a way to convince me to go out with her, you know? Mm-hmm so it it felt friendly enough so i I didn't feel uncomfortable so we went out you know we went out as a group um and that was pretty much the night and she was always trying to um hook up with me um and i didn't really want to pursue anything further and kind of ruin or or mess up our our friendship because everything was going so well Mm -hmm. so i wasn't really looking for a relationship with anybody at that time you know i was just really focused on myself and trying to get myself there but that night, I don't know. Uh, it just felt it felt right, you know. So that was like the first night we kissed, pretty much. And, and after that, um, wait, the who doors... made the first move?
0: Uh, I don't know. She did. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, you 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 liked him, yeah. But you was going to a to see a show that somebody you was.
1: Yeah, so I was talking to this guy and it wasn't actually anything serious. Again, he lived like in a whole nother city. Mm -hmm. I lived in Palmdale. It was kind of like... Yeah, we're young. It, it didn't really mean anything, and he he was like, "Yeah, you should invite Brian, the guy you're talking to. Like that would be great." But he was a friend after that. It, there was no real right. connection, you know. Like, yeah, I guess you could meet someone and be like, "All right, they're cool," and then when you really get to meet them, you're like, Ugh, "It's not really where I want to be."
0: You know, and, and that's the. I want to say that's the space I'm in now, only because, again, you know, I've always had long term relationships. So for me, because I'm so much in the energy and I um, like I know people and I know I say this a lot, but it's true because I pay attention to people. Right. I pay attention to their habits, what they're doing. Um, so for me, like even like now that I'm in this space where I am single and I've had I've been on like a few like I don't, I don't want to call them dates, but. What do you call it if it's not a date? Like, if you just meet somebody, you go out one time. I don't know what you call it. Um, I mean... I don't know what the terminology is. To for fill that. it out, I guess. Yeah. Like a meet and greet. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, 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 no, I mean, my point is, like, yeah. I've been on a few of those, right? And, like, and mind you, everybody that I've been out with is super cool. Super yeah. cool. Like, I like right. them as friends, you know. And, obviously, yeah, when, when you meet somebody, you go out to see, you know, you go on this little coffee date or dinner date, whatever, you just see if, you know, what transpires. Um... But for me, because I, I know instantly, like I feel people's energy, like I know it's not gonna go anything further. So for me, I'm like very picky at this point.
1: Well, I never really actually had a real relationship um, before him. Mm-hmm. I, I would date, but I would tell even like my friends, like, why are you in such a long relationship? I never really dated in high school. Um, it wasn't late until later on that where I got to meet him as a person, as a friend without that you know, jumping into hooking up or then being like, I really don't like this person kind of deal. So it was really different. I'm like on the flip side of you. Right. um, Where I would just kind of get to know if I really like, and it's like, "Mm, they're more like a friend kind of deal than anything else. And it wasn't until like, you know, we really got to know each other. And I'll always remember this. We were driving down an alley and, he put his hand on my lap for the first time, and my heart just stopped because I didn't know where that would lead to. Because, like he said, I really love where we were going. He he was my best friend at that time too. I,
3: I think I think when you go into something with an expectation, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times it leads into disappointment. You know, right. so when you go and look for a relationship. You're just trying to find something in that person that probably isn't there because that's something you and your heart is looking for, but I think if you're going to get blessed, it's going to be blessed through certain situations that you wouldn't expect.
0: No, absolutely. I think even with like minds, I I wasn't expecting either one of my um, relationships. Like, and when I say like really four or five people, I'm thinking. I'm actually thinking about it as we're talking about it. I've always, for some reason, I've always wanted to be in relationships. Like, my first girlfriend was at 12 years old. And I'm still good friends with her. And that's the thing. Like, everybody that I've been in a relationship with, I'm always good friends with. Like, I'm still good friends with everybody. Like, I never ended anything on a bad thing. I had a
1: question, though, for you, Mike. Yes. Well, why is it that you need that or feel that you need that? I don't
0: that? need it. I just like it. It's a difference. Like, I don't need it. Like, I I really don't. I just like it. I like the the companionship. I love, like, even, like, I love being married, like because a lot of people are asking me, like Mike, you've always been in a relationship, like be by yourself now, like start loving yourself, blah blah, blah and all that, right? But for me, I- I've been living by myself now for three years, and I can be honest, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like. You know when you like something, and you know what you like. I like coming home to somebody. I love cooking with somebody. Because honestly, in both my wives, like it's never been situations where babe do this, babe do that. Like we always like knew each other so well. Like if she was doing laundry, I'll go behind her and do uh, full clothes. If she was cooking, I'll go behind her and clean up. Like we just, it was never, babe, do this. Babe, can you do this? Like we just knew each other so well, right? And it's just, I love that. I love the pillow talk. I love the, you know, talking about life, like our, our journey, like what we're doing, our plans and all that. I just love it. I love the companionship of it all.
1: You know, it's, it's a trip that you say that because um, when we got together, we really never stopped. Being Again, friends. Right. <laughs> like, and see, that's the next we thing, never. Right. And that's
0: what I love the friendship Damn. of it. It's, it's not, when I tell you, I mean, my story can go so deep, you guys, and that's for a whole nother podcast show. It's probably like a podcast at night. But when I met um, my second wife, uh, like, my first wife, I was obviously deep into the entertainment industry, so I was always out at night doing all kind of stuff, right? Because I was just networking. I would, that was just my business. So, but my second wife, um, she took me completely out of that. Like, I never wanted to go out. Like, I always wanted to be home, mm-hmm. because she just showed me a whole different type of love that I didn't experience with my first wife. But it was it's not a bad thing. It was just different like with well, my first wife me and her was just always out we was at parties every weekend like we party thursday friday saturday because it was just my business right my second wife um obviously i was older and like i just didn't want to go out no more like i was always in the house like i loved i couldn't wait to get home and like cause we had game night together we watched concerts on the tv we like we did all kind of stuff
3: that's a good relationship right there when <clears throat> you're able to able to just hang out not find entertainment to keep you guys entertained, right. you know, where you don't have to be a part of the crowd going to the movies all the time, going to clubs, you know, it, it, it's good to have a, a, a companion where you're able to just sit down.
0: And I, and I think I, and, and not to even like minimize, like my first wife, like I said, cause we was married the longest and me and her are best friends to the day. Like I was just with her the other night, um, with my daughter. And, um, cause she has the two kids that I have, but, um, we was young when we first got together like we was like she was 18 i was 19. so yeah we was always that's why we was always out because we was young we was partying you know but we experienced that life and that life was great right i think now like if me and her were together now i think it'd be more of a homebody right so it was just two different type of lifestyles that that i I got to enjoy honestly
1: i think we transitioned through all of that that you say but together because Mm -hmm. i was 20 yeah Mm -hmm.
3: 20, yeah,
1: because I wasn't 21. He actually worked at the club. So I told my friends like, you guys don't got to be 21. I-, mm-hmm. I got the hookup. So we got to experience all of that um, through him. So I I grew up in a very strict Catholic home. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom's super old school. I begged and begged to just go out to a club at 18 years old. My mom was like, I don't care. You still live under this roof. So when I met him, there was so much freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there there was no fear. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up here and he grew up in Hollywood where I was just like, man, that's what I want to experience. That's what I want to want to know what it's like so when we got together that's why I was always at the club because I felt like VIP like I would just walk up to the door and they would remove (laughs) you know the rope and it was all types of celebrity parties and um, he brought me to New York that was our first trip together and I barely knew the cat you know and we were like yeah I'm going to New York with my boyfriend (laughs) and you know and at that time my parents my dad had got sick with the cancer so there this the i guess the the shackles had loosened up Mm -hmm. and he showed me how safe i can be and how um how i don't know how i could be myself you know what I mean? Without fear. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was like. So it was it was a really different experience with him. And, um, and he gave me that unconditional love. I didn't have to wear makeup. I didn't have to dress up. I didn't have to impress him. You know, we would laugh and talk and do everything. Like, you want to go to this show? You want to go to that show? Yeah. You want to go to my mom's house? We're doing this with family. And it was such a beautiful transition where we balanced mm-hmm. out well, you know, where he had his strengths and I had mine and we just, it was so beautiful. And to this day, we still keep that, you know, right. it's, we were just at the wu concert and then we're at the Elevation Worship concert, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's, but, it's
3: pretty much like going with the flow, riding the yeah. wave, right? right? If you're going to, if you're going to join in somebody's life or lifestyle, you just kind of. Got to grow right with their wave, right, mm-hmm. and then together, you know, jump off and jump on and get on each other's lane and go for the cruise and enjoy the ride.
0: Now, see, I I love that um, because you, you you reminded me of like, would you guys consider yourself soulmates? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Right. Yes, now, a friend of mine, um, she reminded me of something to where um, it's what my first wife always tell people because me and her got together when we was young age, but she still tells people that me and her are soulmates. And she tells people, you don't have to be together to be soulmates. Right. And a good friend of mine now who I just met like this year, she's like a really good friend of mine right now. Not that we're dating anything like we're just friends. And she says the same thing, like she calls it twin flames. Like, but you don't have to be in a relationship to to experience that. And it's just so true, like for me and like my first wife, Nina, the way we met, we was meant to be together, whether that was um, relationship wise or just like even like friends now, because uh, I don't think I told this story. I don't think I told you the story. Right. How we met. No. So we actually met when we was like maybe six or seven years old. And we had no clue.
1: Oh, I think you did say that. Then There was a picture taken of you guys, right?
0: Yeah. So we we had no clue um, until um, we had our my, my son. And when when she was pregnant with my son, her aunt had uh, asked her, like she was telling something about me. And she was like, oh, do we have a brother by the name of blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yeah. She was like, I think I know him. And Nina was like, what do you mean? She was like, yeah. I know, like, she was like, we know them. It's <laughs> like our families know each other. <laughs> so um, she, Nina was like, what are you talking about? She was like, when you guys was kids, so my older brother um, was at a baptism. My older brother was the godfather of her cousin something. So we were all at the same baptism moment. Afterwards, we went to El Torito's, and uh, me and her sat next to each other which is crazy because her aunt was just telling the story was like, yeah, I made a comment saying, oh, y'all cute, look cute together. Like we sat next to each other and they took a picture of it. And I was like, what? So that's crazy that we met way back then, right? And um, we didn't know until like I was 25 when I had my son. So, but when me and Nina met, like I was 19 when we met. So six years prior, even how we met. Because I, I was doing a show because I was um, I grew up in the entertainment industry um, doing music. So I was actually at a show um, at uh, Mental Mondays at the Palladium. And um, I was on the second floor, right, at a club. So picture this, at a club. You, you work clubs, right? At a <laughs> club, second floor, right? It's dark in the club, right? Music, can't hear, can't see shit, really. She was on the bottom floor. And I just happened to look over the rail, and I was telling her to pick something up. And, um, she was looking up at me. saying, so like, what are you talking about? And I said, stay right there. And I walked down the stairs and I went by her and I came next to her and I picked up this dime. And I said, I was telling you to pick up this dime. And she looked at me. She was like, how did you see a dime from way up there? I was like, I have no idea. Like something just drew me to her to go pick up that dime. Like I have no idea how I saw it in the dark club. And ever since then, like, obviously we built a friendship. Um, and I think that's important because you were saying, like, we have built this strong friendship in the beginning, um, and that's why I think we're friends to today, because of our friendship that we have built.
1: You know, when you did say that to me, I thought to myself, why is Mike not with Nina?
0: I know, and everybody asks that, because we have mutual friends, because we've together for so long. People have always asked us that. Um, I don't have an answer. For, I don't have a educated answer for that.
1: I mean, do you think it's because you guys divorced, you married someone else, you moved well, on, there's other things not, not coming back to it?
0: Well, I mean, again, um, so... I left the marriage, right, because I felt like I needed to grow. Like, I felt the tension in the house. Like, we was going through some things, and I needed to, like, grow and change. And and we was kind of, like, growing at different paces, you know, which everybody does, right? Right. Like, we wasn't growing together. Um, And I felt like there was a lot of things I needed to work on. Like, I knew it. Um, I saw it. I saw it in her eyes. I saw it in my kids' eyes. I saw that I was – I didn't have good energy in the house, so I removed myself. Um, and I met somebody else, and that's why I met my sec- second wife. And what's crazy is because Nina was Nina was uh, raised by her dad, and so she was she's more of a like uh like a hard like a hard person. <laughs> like not saying that in a bad way, but no. like her she didn't have that motherly love, I guess. Right. Like she she has it for her kids, right? But it was just different, right? So when I met my second wife, um, she she showed me that like, cause I never, I never got like me and Nina experienced something different, which, you know, I, I love and you know obviously cause we're still friends, but we just experienced something different. Like I loved her for different reasons. I loved being with her for different reasons. Um, but when I met my second wife, she actually showed me that motherly love. Cause remember, go back. My mother uh, passed away when I was five months. So I never had a mom in my life, except for my grandmother who raised me, but I was on my own since I was 14. So I never really had that motherly love. Nina didn't give that to me. Isis I did. My second wife, so she showed me that motherly love, right? So that was the difference between the relationships, and I learned a lot in that relationships. To where, again, going back now, why I'm so picky is because I've, I've had, I guess you can say, um, I experienced both worlds, with you know, with the with the motherly love and without it. So I know what I want. Like I kind of like combined it. That makes sense.
3: So, what do you what do you think? You feel like you like more the uh, the first type of uh, for your first marriage or your second, as far as the motherly love goes.
0: Okay, so and that's why I said like I can combine it now because I love the fact I love the friendship that I had in my first wife, and that's why me and her are friends to today. But I love my second wife. I love the fact of the whole marriage. Like that motherly love, like the things that we did together. Um, I'm not explain it, but
1: I think um, I mean I I can honestly say that we created that because I although I had my mom and my dad, I didn't have my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom, um, so my grandmother, she was mute and deaf. Mm -hmm. And my mom was uh, given up. So she was a love child. My grandfather was very wealthy. We don't know exactly where where the roots of my grandmother are from. They say she just appeared at their home one day and no one really knows who she is or where she came from. But they say that she was just this, this beautiful woman that just knew that she needed to survive. So she tells um, my grandfather, like, just give me a place to stay and um, food to eat and I'll clean. So, um, you know, they say that she used to be that night. And, you know, I guess my grandfather had his way with her and here comes my mom. So my mom dealt with a lot of, of, of trauma that came from that. So because she was mute and deaf, but very gorgeous, she was raped a lot of times. And, um, no one could hear her asking for help because Mm. she couldn't say it. And she couldn't tell people what had happened to her because she couldn't speak. So, uh, my mom, uh, grew up with a different family where, um, she would see my grandmother and they would say, Oh, the mute one, she's your mom, huh? My mom grew up with that embarrassment. So there was a lot of trauma that, that came from that. Mm. So my mom didn't really know how to... And I can't say she didn't know how to love, and it's what I'm learning now, is that she loves me in the mm-hmm. the best way that she possibly can, right? right? But I'm an American child in America, right? right, where everything is different. But what I don't, what I failed sometimes to realize is that even through all of that, she was able to come to this country mm-hmm. and still uh, move forward and move forward with her husband, right? And my father is her her second um, uh, marriage. I would say my she had um, my eldest brother with a previous man. But what I always admired about my father is that we never grew up knowing that he wasn't my my full my half brother until later on in life, um, where he grew up with the same last name until legal paperwork. They're like, "Ma'am, this is not his his his, father, oh. his last name." So I always admired my dad a little bit more of that because my mom, she was very angry. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't really know how to show the affection where my character strength is love. I mean, I I love like crazy.
0: Well, right. Because she, she didn't have that growing up. Right. And, and, and that's why what I meant about like how so like Nina, mm-hmm. right? her dad raised her. So right. if I think if her mom was in the picture, then she'd be totally different and not saying what, how she was raised was wrong because her dad is a great guy. Like mm-hmm. he he's raised her, raised her pretty well. Like, cause Nina's very successful. She's smart. Um, it's just a different type of mindset that she had. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, um, my father worked, um, like every, so he was a painter. He had his own company and he, uh, traveled down to like Santa Monica, Bel Air every single day from Palmdale. We moved here in 92, um, from Echo park area. We used to live on Lucas, right down the street from Belmont high. So, I mean, I'm sure you used to hear about the tunnels, right? Yeah. 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 So I lived right across the street, super active, right. but my parents knew that they wanted something better for us. And we moved here to Palmdale, right. Where it got worse you know, the disconnection mm-hmm. was real. And um, I had had certain traumas throughout my life where it was really hard for me to process certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, um, you know, I deal with a lot of insecurities and I, I build uh, huge walls and um, with boundaries. Um, so it, it was really challenging as far as when you say that, like, she just didn't show me that sometimes i think that it's challenging going through certain traumas in life to be able to go over those hurdles right um so with me um i i would always sit there and watch like love stories (laughs) i'm a sucker for love i i really am but i really didn't learn it from my parents And, um, you know, when he met me, he was like, oh, she comes from a family, a big family. We do a lot of things, but in reality, I used to think that it was a weakness, but my resiliency is, is just wild. It's off the chart. And I didn't know that. That's, you know, and it's
0: crazy because I don't, I don't know where, I guess I can track it. Like I was going to say, I don't know where my love for love came from because i guess i can track it to where like i grew up in game like a game infested neighborhood right and i grew up in south central and i always knew that that wasn't the lifestyle that i wanted right i saw the stuff that was going on i was like eh, i don't like that like I, for some reason i don't know if it's because my mom and i, I didn't grow up with our parents like but i knew the concept of it you know what i mean and i had seven brothers and sisters like and only person that I was really close to was, was my sister, who was at the house with my grandmother. So it was me and my sister. My other brother's sister lived somewhere else. So I don't know if it was the concept of that, because I knew what it was, and I didn't have it. And I, always, I wanted that as a child, right? And then being on my own since I was 14, like I always wanted it. And so when I found Nina, like I found, I guess, a close friendship with her that was, I guess, in my mind, was family right? Because her, her dad and his um, new wife took me in, so to speak. So I was always at their house like every weekend eating dinner. Like that was like my new family. Like, and to this day, like I'm still close with them. Um, and then when I met my second wife it's and I'm trying to put all this together, right? Because as we're talking about, it, it's going through my mind. My second wife, me and her became close because she kind of went through a similar situation. Like, even though she had both her parents, but they treated her like crap. Like she went, through, she's from uh, uh, Honduras, so you can imagine, you know, her first ten years in Honduras was this horrible. Like how they treat women over there um, and child. So that's what she had to go through. And then she came here. She was abandoned by her mom, and she just went through all kind of trauma. And that's part of the reason why we're not together to today because of all the trauma she had to go through, and she's kind of reliving it now. So you know, obviously it didn't work out. But <laughs> but I learned from being with her, like, the first eight years of me and her together, you know how they say God puts people in your lives for a reason? Like, when I left um, my first marriage and I I got with her, like, he literally put her in my life for a reason. Like, he connected us, so we had similar stories, but he taught me so much about love and life. Um, And I tell people all the time, like, the tools that I have now, if I would have had during my first marriage, I would have saved my marriage. But it took me to leave to get the twos, yeah. which is kind of crazy.
3: Sometimes you don't realize what <clears throat> what you need in your life until it's put in front of your face. Exactly. You, know. uh, you were exposed to love. That's why you're always attracted to it. Little mm. did you know that it was you were actually exposed to it. Even though the streets were fun, and you know that's something that we were attracted and lured to. But in the back of our head, we knew that we weren't gonna. Right. do that for the rest of our life. There was something in the back of our head that knew that mm-hmm. it was wrong at the end of the day. So yeah. you have had love in your heart since you were small.
0: Yeah. I think I did. Um, and that's why I, like to today, I love love. And just like, because people always ask me, like, why am I searching for it? It's because I, I do. Like, I, again, I love the companionship. Um, I I can I can honestly say that with... Even if, like, because I've been single for three years now, right? And, and I'm very picky again. Even if I don't um, get married again or date, like, I can honestly say I'm grateful for both my marriages and all my relationships. Like, because we all go through things for a reason. Like, I would never say, oh, even because both marriages didn't work out, right? I, I, I'm not going to sit here and bash them. Like, i learned so much from both of them. I enjoy... You know the saying? It's better to love than not have loved at all, right? Yeah. So I had, I can honestly say I had two great marriages. Like I had, I can sit here and just be like, wow, I actually had great times and great moments with them, both, you know? Um, do I want that again? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm picky about it. Um, even though I want it, like I'm not going to rush into it.
1: Right. I mean, go ahead.
3: Well, those are lessons <laughs> of blessings, you know? Right. Those two marriages, you know, God gives us, of those things, you know, get lessons, mm-hmm. get blessings from them, you know. So those two marriages were just lessons
0: that I right. learned. Exactly. And 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 I'm always grateful for my lessons. For
2: sure.
1: No, it's true. And then that's where I say with, with Brian, um, things were so different. There was no um no judgment at all. Um, he did allow me to grow mm-hmm. and and um and uh, accept my truth, you can say. And he nurtured me through all of that. And I had never felt um, a security, um, a true love, like it was because there was no. Um... Sorry. <laughs>
0: okay. You good? I'm we'll start bringing tissue to the show because <laughs> this is the second time you're crying on the show. Yeah, <laughs>
1: because you know what I tell. Um, I say this a lot vulnerability mm. um people really think it's it's weakness but it's not. it's not yeah it's really strength and if i didn't know how to utilize that i don't know where i would be today i i can honestly say that because i mean we had such a great relationship and then we had the kids and then i was diagnosed with cancer and then the ugly came Where i told him you need to leave me because how could someone like you be with someone that's sick you know someone that's sick so i i hear you when you when you do say that but if you're not able to to succumb Hmm. all of that where would we be today right i mean sometimes people say you guys are so perfect what do you guys know about problems? What do you guys know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what? Like, <laughs>
0: like I was saying earlier, Nina and I, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. Oh. And they always ask us, to this day. I, I, matter of fact, I, I had um, dinner with a friend of ours three weeks ago. Yeah. And she always is asking, hey, you and Nina get getting back together? You know what I mean? But it's because when me and Nina was married, right, people always looked at us. Like, we was the fun couple. They never saw us argue, never saw us fight. But that's because we never brought our problems out into the street in front of everybody. Like, they didn't know what was going on inside the house, right? But, because marriage, it's not, it's not easy.
1: No. We, it is not. <laughs> I
0: mean, to be, people used to see us and be like, wow, that's the perfect couple. And it's like, uh. thank you, but, like, you don't see what goes on in the house. Like, it's, it's not easy. It's hard keeping a relationship. Right, what people see in a successful marriage
3: is uh, the success. Right, they see what they see, but they don't see the determination, the commitment, uh, the the bond, uh, the trust, uh, the connection that people have for one another. Right, they don't see the struggles; they only
0: see the success. Exactly, and you know what? Even with my with my second marriage, um, and this is why, honestly, it I think over the I think the last. She moved out three years ago. Um, I think over the last six months is when I decided to finally let go. Because I was still trying. Like last year, I spent uh, a day with her like during Christmas. Like I was still trying because I know what it takes to keep a relationship. I know it's going to be hard. I know it struggles. But I'm also committed. When I say I'm committed to you, I'm committed to you. Like, when I get married, especially when I get married to you, like that's like to me, that's no joke. Like I'm committed to you. Like I don't care how many problems we got. We're going to get through it together. And that's the key word together. We go get through it. But A lot of people, they give up for whatever reason, you know. So my second wife, she gave up for whatever reason. And, and I kind of get it like because I know her struggles. And like I always tell people, I I know her background. Like I know her story. I'm not mad at her because I know what she's going through. Um, and I know I finally had to learn that I can't fix her. And I, and that's what I was trying to do all these years. I was literally trying to fix her and it's like, I can't like she, and it, and it hurts me to even say that because I know her struggles. Like I want to see her happy. I want to help her, but I know I can't. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: You know, what was great about us is that Brian never tried to fix me. Brian actually mm-hmm. accepted me. Right. Right. And I had never experienced that.
0: And I, but I don't mean like fix, like change you, like no, it, I, you know I what I mean? What like, because like, she, all the the uh, yeah. the trauma she's been through, like I was trying to help her, yeah. And that's what I meant by mm-hmm. fix. Like I was trying to get her through it, but I, I couldn't do it. Like she has to get through it. Maybe it
3: was the type of approach. Your intentions were well, right, and they were right, but um, the way to connect and to for her to respond to how you're trying to. To 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 fix her right, mm-hmm. it, it was just not the way she wanted it to be fixed.
0: And, and and I would take responsibility for that because because and I and, and again over the last six months, I really had to evaluate everything and, and go through it. And I finally did accept that. Like I know I did some things where I can look back now and be like, wow, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have did that. Because now understanding her story, her situation, maybe I did approach it wrong in certain situations. I did approach certain situations wrong because I'm not totally like blaming her for it. Cause it takes two people. And I know I got to accept responsibility for my part of the marriage.
1: Yeah. I always say those are landmines. Mm -hmm. They're landmines, right? When you're walking in through a field of landmines, people don't tell you that that that's where the bomb is. Right. And unfortunately what do we do when we step on them? Boom. Boom. yeah. And that's sometimes like I would tell Brian certain things, but I would always be like, oh, he doesn't hear. But he really did. Mm -hmm. You know, like I say, um, my appearances is is like the worst for me. And even when I come out the shower, he's like, dang, you look good. And I'm like, let me hide behind that. But although he knows that that is a weakness for me, right, I allow myself to be vulnerable and he knows how to heal me. In, the, in a certain way where he never really is doing, he's not doing these things intentionally to say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to fix, um. no, there's something, even like sometimes with like a tight dresser, he'll be like, damn, babe, you look bomb. And I'm like, okay. But it's that to me are my landmines, right? you know, and at least he's been um, through our conversations. And yes, we have been uh, married for 16 years, but I will say this, um, when we moved back to Palmdale, I think our relationship got stronger than ever. And then COVID hit. And I always say, you know, some people, um yes, they, there were struggles through COVID, but for Brian and I, it was really a revelation That's good because we we discovered DoorDash and we discovered what Uber eats and anything that you we can be on the road. But, you know, sometimes we would laugh because we didn't even know where we were going or we would lose track of time, but we were talking conversation above everything we don't know how to do that Mm -hmm. even through our insecurities or we want to input we didn't really know how to listen but we really would drive sometimes for like three four hours and be in such deep conversations because we actually finally stopped
3: Mm -hmm. I think COVID was important for everybody for the world to stop like that it um exposed a lot of fake relationships or yeah. of relationships where the relationship looked good, but that's because they were surrounded by a lot of people, a lot of entertainment, going to clubs, entertaining themselves. But when they got forced into just staying into a house mm-hmm. between them two or between us two, that either makes you or break you, you know, uh, do you really get along with that person? That's, that was a moment where you really found out what your relationship was about, mm-hmm. you know? So, it it actually really did make our relationship stronger. You know, we had simple conversations, laughs, um, everything, you know. Cries. Cries.
1: Fights. (laughs) Believe me, there was a little bit of everything in there.
0: But, I mean, that's what every relationship, though. I mean, and I think that's the problem, I'm going to say, that people don't understand when they get into a relationship. Like, it comes with it. Mm -hmm. The laughs, the fights, the cries. It's all of it, you know. Um, And I think that's why... I can say that I, cause I know that and I understand it. And that's why I probably my, all my relationship lasted longer. Cause I am understanding of that. Like I go into a relationship knowing like this thing, like what relationship, you know, is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> There's not right.
1: I mean, name him. Yeah, um, like, I think different. people
0: are always looking for that perfect relationship. Okay. That one, yeah. somebody that's going to make everything perfect. And it's like, no, it's not going to happen. And yeah. I think I go into a relationship knowing that. So I, I expect the fights the cries the you know arguments you know now I can say that I know how to handle them better right I know when I know boundaries now I know like if we get into an argument I know when to give you a space I know when I know, need a space and space is okay because that's one thing I think I had to learn on early because with my first wife when she used to she used to tell me that too She like I just need space. And for me, whenever I argued with her, <laughs> it was like, "No, we're gonna finish. We're gonna do this now." Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You need space. Like, no, we're gonna finish this argument now. Like, that was my mentality. But now it's like, okay, cool, go get your space. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, no, same way. yeah, it's hard because like when you get in the fight, you kind of don't want it to linger, right? Especially right. Like men. So we feel like we need to extinguish it now, whether we're good or not. Let me know if we're not good. Let's continue it if we're good let's talk about it now. right so is that a man thing i think um, that is
0: I, I would think so <laughs> why <are> you laughing <laughs> it is a man thing i think like we want to just finish it now
3: <laughs> right
0: because if we're good we're good
3: and let's yeah. move on you know because i don't want to keep fighting the reason i'm fighting because i don't want to fight <laughs> right and i think yeah, for me
0: like i and i think that's the biggest thing for me like if we're arguing like 30 and my wife used to say this a lot she's like like 30 seconds or like an hour later she'd be like do you not realize we was arguing but I'm like I'm cool like once it's done it's done like yeah. let's move on like I'm cool with it
2: yeah. like we
0: it, I'm so cool with it like if we didn't have an argument 30 minutes ago right. flip of a switch <laughs> yeah That's it, it is mean. like that she used to look at me like uh, I'm still mad way. at you <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's like I'm still mad at you and I'd be like oh, I thought we was done like no. I'll try to come like snuggle up with her no. and she'd be like uh I'm still mad at you but I'm like didn't we just finish this argument like 30 minutes ago like <laughs> no <laughs>
1: And it's so true because although I'm very emotional, but I'm very emotional because I have a lot of trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, that I, I say I've gotten better. I've gotten better because I've learned certain tools how Mm -hmm. to process my emotions. But one thing that Brian taught me um, and he said, it's okay to feel your emotion. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel that but it's not okay to live in your emotions. Right. You know, and, but I also taught him, like, boundaries, my friend. if I tell you I need a minute, I need a minute. Yeah. Because you don't know that my landmines are going off like crazy right now. Boom, boom, boom. And I think that that's where the static between us would come in into play. Right.
3: I think um, from an example earlier where you were trying to fix your wife, right, your ex-wife, but you didn't know how to fix it. So, like, in a fighting situation, you're trying to fix them and uh, stop the fight because we're strong. So we want to teach them to be strong, too. But by us telling them and trying to show them to be strong, it's actually uh, hurting them and doing the opposite effect, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, like like,
0: like you said, it's the intention. Like, I I know I had great intentions because I didn't want to see her go through that. Like that, that, that hurt me. And I was like, like you said, like I'm strong, like the shit I've been through when I was a kid, like the adversity mm-hmm. I went through, like I got over it. But I've also had to learn by going to therapy is that he had this phrase that he used to say, like bury something is still alive. Like, you know how people bury stuff in the back of their right. minds, but it's no, it's still alive. Like you don't bury nothing. Right. Like, and you know, the one thing my therapist taught me is that, you know, if you don't talk about your emotions. And that's what I did when I was a kid. I used to bury stuff.
2: Right.
0: Like, at some point, there will be an explosion. Mm-hmm. The longer you hold it in, the bigger the explosion. Oh, yeah. I learned that real fast. And and I had to, he taught me that because I did. I had a, a temper problem. And I always wondered, like, why? He was like, because you're burying stuff and you're holding it. So now it's finally exploding. Like, mm-hmm. and I had to learn. it. So that's why I, I say now. I'm older, wiser. Like I know that when someone said they need a minute, I'm like, cool, go get your minute. <laughs> like right. you need 10 minutes. Got it. <laughs> yeah. The, the longer you bury it, the,
3: the, the worse it could become because yeah. we, our fights like lately, like when we've been fighting, it's really petty stuff, you know, right. it's not, it's nothing really serious like me going out or cheating on or anything like that. It's very, very, very petty. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we do fight, it just feels like the end of our relationship. It gets right. to that point, you know, it explodes that much. But uh, I think our growth and the, the fact that we, we're aware of all these tools, right? And we're trying to learn and try to better ourselves, better our relationship. Uh, we're able to understand and listen to each other. And it takes us into vulnerability where we do cry. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes our biggest growth is from those tears. Right. You know, I've had the, we had probably one of the worst fights that I personally felt like, it was like the worst. It was like, how can I continue this? You know, like hurting my wife like that and just going through that. And so we just had a conversation We the side of the park and just talk about it and to cry and release all that
0: emotion. And
3: that was probably, like, the best day of a relationship as far as growth grows.
0: And, see, I love that about you guys. Like, I mean, because you guys are, are learning together, and that's, that's yeah. super dope. I think we all are. I think the, I think the mistake that people make
3: is um, acting like we all have it figured out. Right. Because as parents, as adults, as professionals... No, we actually don't have it figured out. Every day is a new day. Right. Every day has its own challenges, brand new challenges. You know what I mean. So we're all growing and learning together.
0: You know? Yeah, and everybody. I was just talking to somebody about this last week about parenting. Um, like, I don't know why they have parenting books. Like they're useless. I'll be honest with you, because everybody's yeah. different. Every kid oh, is yeah. different. Every parent is different. You know, um, I I can even say. Because I didn't grow up without a mom or dad. No one taught me how to, and I know this is not really an excuse, but no one taught me how to treat a woman, right? I had to learn on the fly, and I think that's where I made a lot of my mistakes because I've been on my own since I was 14, so I never had anybody to teach me how to be a man, to teach me how to treat women, to treat, teach, me, teach me how to treat anybody for that for that sake.
1: But you know what it is? It's because you were still um, willing to, you were open to that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you said, no one really sat down and and taught you, but I'm sure at some point you saw what you liked. Yeah. You, you would see it. Like for me at times it was like on TV or with other people, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why I think I would love to hook up my friends with like people, you know, I felt like a matchmaker, but I think it was how beautiful it was to be loved, to love, you know, and, and the, the feeling behind that. So as a child, you know, I always knew that that's, I knew I wanted to get married. I knew that I wanted to find, to find that, but it wasn't like I came from a perfect relationship where everything was, you know, there or, or I had it, or my mom was like, oh, this is the perfect wife and, and all of this. But as we grew and I had my son, I was like, okay, you know, this is the real deal, Holyfield. Like, but did I know what I was doing? now? And even with my kids now, it's it's really trial and error, you know, because <laughs> I got a kid in in high school, and it, he's a junior, and my daughter is in seventh grade, and oh my god, when I tell you, <laughs>
0: let me let me tell you something, it, it doesn't get easier. Honestly. Oh shit! Because I I was just with my daughter the other day and um i haven't seen my daughter in a month or even talked to her my daughter will be 21 next month oh wow so but it's funny because one day my daughter will love me next day she hates me (laughs) like i don't know why it's just this weird relationship we have right now and obviously i know it deep down like we both love each other right and we're always cool but like i can go over there and, like, I'm always with my son because I coach a soccer team, right, and I'm always over there, you know, talking to Nina, and sometimes my daughter, she to be there. She don't say shit to me. She don't come downstairs, <laughs> like, but some days she do, and she comes sitting next to me. We talk like nothing happened. It doesn't get easier. It's weird. Yeah, kids, are, I, kids are weird.
3: <laughs> I think as a, a, I'm dealing with the same thing, too. My daughter's going to be 13, so probably nothing as deep as yours, but kind of seeing, seeing those... Um, I guess, warning signs mm. coming uh, coming along. So um, I th- always, like, when I experience that and I feel like my daughter's being a little cold with me, you know, like, naturally, I tend to want to give her the same medicine you know, be cold with them as well, you know? I think that's, uh, that's, that's a learning lesson that we as parents, as fathers, need to learn, you know, to try to be understanding. At the end of the day, no matter how we think they feel about mm. us, those are our kids out there the the day.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. And, and I've had, it's funny, because I paid for her, I, I paid for her cell phone and my son's cell phone, right? <laughs> once I she got mad at me. She wouldn't answer my phone call. And I was like, I should just disconnect this mom. <laughs> like, yeah. I, how are you not going to for a phone that I pay for? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was pissed that day. Um, but it's funny, because like five years ago, um, I went through a similar situation with my daughter, too, where I didn't talk to her. Well, not because I didn't talk to her. But I didn't hang out with her for like a whole year. Like, I saw her through the years, not through the years, but through that whole year. Um, and I learned a valuable lesson. Um, so five years ago, when she was, like, 15, me and my daughter and son used to have uh, Sunday fun days. Like, we always went out to eat, went did something, right? And then one day, she just stopped. And she wouldn't come, like, when I went to go pick them up, she wouldn't come downstairs. She was always hiding it. I was like, what's going on? And I was even as Nina. And Nina was like, she um, she didn't understand. Like, she wouldn't talk to me or Nina. It's like, she talked to Nina, but not really giving her information. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. So all kind of things went through my mind. Like, cause first, Nina was looking at me like, what did you do to her? And I was like, I didn't do nothing to her. She was like, did you touch her? Like, and I, I wasn't mad at her because, like, <clears throat> you know, the first thing you think about right. when a child, especially a, a female, mm-hmm. is scared of a adult male, you start to wonder, like, hey, what's going on? Right. I was like, no, like, I, I've never yelled at my daughter. I've never touched her, never beat her. Nothing, because my daughter was always a straight-A student, always, like, the perfect, when I say perfect little angel, that's what my daughter was. So uh, things start going through my mind. I was like, well, shit, did somebody touch her at school? Did something happen at school? Like, like we start thinking all kind of stuff, right? I even, like, questioned my brother, like, because she would hang out with him and his daughter. I was like, well, shit, did he do something? Like, you know, and it's nothing. Like, so finally, Nina took her to a therapist. And so, finally, the therapist told us that um, she was scared of me. And I'm like, why would she be scared of me? Like, I never yelled at my daughter. Like, I never raised my hands at her. I never raised my voice at her, ever. And so, she had told me that 10 years prior, and this is about how you can't hold things in, because when they do, it goes back to the bigger, the longer you hold it in, the bigger explosion. So, 10 years prior, um, I was a, my son you know my son has cerebral palsy so whenever my son was young and every few years because of growth spurts we always he had, we had to have these surgeries where they cut his legs rotate them and it took like months of rehab for him to learn how to walk again so every few years we had to do that so at one point when i guess she was five years old and he was 10 you know he was going through like i think his second or third surgery teaching him how to uh, walk again and because Nina always had a regular job, I didn't. So, because um, you know I was always self-employed, so I was always working at home. I took him to therapy three days a week, and you know all that stuff. And as a dad, during his third time, I was yelling at him, like because he had showed me the bar, and I don't know if you can relate to this. Um, as a dad, when your son shows you the bar, and then he at the, the next time he goes. He gets halfway to the bar and it's like no like why are you giving up like you already showed me what you can do Keep Like, pushing. so I kept pushing him you know and I don't know if it came from me you know always in the sports I was just like that tough dad like no go with us I was yelling at him cussing at him and just get it, get your ass up get up let's go let's go you know what I'm saying all of that is what scared her because she was in the room mm-hmm. and I was like so when 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 they was telling me this I was like but I wasn't yelling at her right it was like it still affected her, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's crazy." Yeah, as men, we kind of overlook that.
3: We overlook yeah. our 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 strength and our emotions, our masculinity. You know, um, we think it's okay because for us, growing up strong, it mm-hmm. is okay. Right. It made us who that's how we were we taught. Right. But we don't know, especially in today's world, we don't know how it's going to affect the next person. You know. Right. I mean, so it's just all about understanding and balance. And, and
0: I, I had to learn that. Um, and so that's when I learned boundaries is when um, they told me I had to give her time and I had to give her space. So I had to learn patience really fast. So whenever I go over there, sometimes she'd be on the couch and I would say, hey, Kira, how are you doing? You know, some days she responded, some days she didn't. I had to be OK with it, even though it hurt me deep inside. I had to like just have patience with her. Like, cause I know I didn't do anything wrong, but I understand the effects that, that, went, that happened. So for a whole year, I went through that whole process of some days you love me, some days, you not and it's like, well, okay. But for a whole year, um, it took her about a year for her to finally start having lunch with me and going out with me again.
1: You know, it, it um, I do always, I do say to Brian, you know, um, Although our, our daughter at times, she can be a little diva because, mm. you know, we've never, um, we've, we've always raised, my kids are very spoiled. <laughs> They're very, very spoiled. Oh, mine are too. They're very, very privileged, mm. you know, but um, again, at times we didn't have that stability either. You know, we were young, we were growing up. So the fights would get like escalate very, very fast, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, my dad is not a yeller. Um, My mom's a yeller, Mm -hmm. but that's where I I have a lot of that pushback from my mom. So at times, Brian could be... A a yeller, (laughs) you know, and and sorry, babe, but you know, sometimes it's the truth. It's (laughs) It's the truth. And we're here to learn and teach, right? And and to me, I would be like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't do the yelling because that's where the landmines are going off: boom, Mm. boom, boom. And that wall was building, building, building. And then I have to, you know, what is it, fight and flight. You know, and then I'm pushing back and it's like, okay, I'm really going to make you feel what I feel right now. Yeah. But what we were failing to see is that our kids were watching. Yeah. My kids are watching and they're, they're taking all of this in and mm-hmm. not that reason, you know, when he was saying we had a fight, I, and it was, it was a mistake that I, I regret now. Um, I had picked up my son and, and I was just crying and I was just like, maybe he would be better off without me. Mm-hmm and i stupidly asked my son that i said would you do you think it's it's better than daddy and i just separate and he goes no he goes you guys were really meant mean for each other and that really like i was okay after that because i was like oh great you know like but I should have realized, but I shouldn't have put that on my son. Mm-hmm. So fast forward um, to like two weeks ago or a week ago now, our dog passed away. And that was like on Sunday. And my son didn't really process that. Brian was was off and we had a. my son had, he wakes up and he's like in pajamas. And I was like, dude, what did you do all day yesterday? You didn't do anything. Like, how are you going to go? to?" I said, no, you're not. Like, you should be ready for the day. And we go in on him, you know, we're not realizing that my son is processing so much. And his mom had surgery the same day, the dog died, we're going in on him. And, um, you know, then my daughter was having like hiccups. And when I picked them up, I asked like my daughter had already gone through some shit. I got called from the school and I'm just like, God, why? Like, is this not enough? And then I ask him, like, how was your day? He goes, I had the worst day ever. I was crying at school. And I was like, what? You crying? Because we've taught my son to suppress his emotions. Mm-hmm. Because anything that we would say, it's like blow up. Right. Crying, you know, like screaming and this and emotions and tempers that my son finally broke. hmm and he goes. You think that by telling me that you and Dad are separating, that didn't fuck me up? And I was like, Oh my god! Yeah. We become so stuck with our own mm-hmm. things, with our old gener, with our own generational baggage. But yeah. we fail to realize is that we're loading them up. Yeah, we are loading them up, and then that's where I go back to. Now I'm seeing this with schools. And I'm just like these kids show up to school every day, not just with their own issues, mm-hmm. but with their parents' luggage, exactly. rolling it through those. And guess what? Now these poor teachers are having to deal with yeah. our shit, their shit, and their own shit. And their own shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I I go back to why I'm so passionate with relationships with what we're doing today, right? Because that's how we're gonna feel. That we're gonna heal. The future, how important this conversation is, how important it was for you to be vulnerable to allow us to be vulnerable to know, like, dang, man, we can't ignore the past because it is our truth, right? But it doesn't mean that we can't grow from it, we can't continue to say, Well, I because I this because of that. Well, guess what? That's everybody. Like, my therapist finally told me, You know, I get what you're saying. He goes, but people have worse problems than you. It's true. And he goes, but what you need to do is talk. Mm -hmm. But at times, because he can be a little bit more (laughs) explosive with certain things that I had to hide behind fear. Mm -hmm. But what have I done my whole life Mm -hmm. and my trauma? That's where there was this huge wall where anything he said, it was like, this is where I'm attacking. This is attack, 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 attack. Where we were just hurting ourselves unintentionally knowing we loved ourselves but we just couldn't talk where why it was so important with COVID when we used to drive around and just talk we felt so good it felt like the best time ever Mm -hmm. you know but I did feel guilty because we had to then leave our kids you know and then I was like man like you know like I want to do this I want to do and then I started bombarding them and they were like, whoa, I need space. Like, I need this. But I wasn't understanding through my own guilt, through my own healing, where now I think our relationship with them is, it's a lot better, right?
3: Yeah, it's it's a lot better, especially with understanding, you know, um, and just working through it. I think we just need to put our, our, our feelings and pride aside sometimes. Yeah. It's okay to feel the way we feel,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but we also got to take – the other account of the other person's feelings exactly. as well, you know? And um, it's easy to argue our point, but what's the point of just doing that? Because there's two sides of the story.
0: Yeah. You can't be tunnel vision and just see things from just your perspective because everybody, everybody receives and delivers things differently. Right. So even if we're arguing like, yeah, I, I can make a great point. And, and I use this analogy all the time. If I put a six in front of us, I'm going to say it's a six, but you're going to say it's a nine. Right. Right. Because that's just the reality of life. Like you see things differently, not to say, yo, I'm wrong or you are wrong. And I, that's why I try to tell people all the time, like, no one's ever wrong. Right. It's just from their perspective. Just Because yeah. it's not your perspective doesn't mean that they're wrong. Right. They're just, they just see things differently. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that. And you got to be okay with that. Like you just said, we got to learn to look at things or at least try to understand how they're seeing it. The situation. Right. And I had to learn that. So even like now when I'm with my son, like I used to have road rage. Right. So, but now I don't (laughs) because I had to learn from my daughter's experience to where when my son was in the car, like don't yell because that made him nervous. And I don't want to go through the same situation. So now I'm careful when I, when my kids are around me now, I'm like really careful what I'm doing, especially if like I'm out in public and somebody does something. But it taught me to have patience and to like turn the cheek, so sure to speak. And I'll always react to somebody because of what somebody's doing. Like, just because they're being an asshole, don't mean I have to be an asshole. No.
3: Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, every day is a different day. Right. We could uh, learn from what happened yesterday and uh, try to make the next day better, you know, exactly. adjust, make adjustments, you know. Right.
1: And that's why um, you know, I do take a lot of pride being part of the AVLB coalition and what we learned through our course in Applied Positive Psychology. I said, um, the first thing when I was learning all these tools, I would tell everyone, this needs to be in the schools. This needs to be in the schools. But what I was saying is, if I would have known that, all these tools as a kid, can you only imagine what my life would have been? But right. I can't go back on the past, right? Because what's done is done. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't mean that I can't teach or show these kids. I can't say teach. Like, again, it's not teaching. It's showing, right? Guiding them through vulnerability, through personal experience. So when we do do our workshops in in for the schools, I think to myself, these kids are coming with generational baggage, what mm. I give my kids, right? So I'm giving that reality. So when we teach them about their character strength, that's just teaching uh, allowing them to see gratitude for, our, for themselves, right? right? Like know your superpower and know your worth. Because mm. I deal with my own insecurities knowing that if I'm able to embrace them, you know, and utilize them correctly, sky's the limit, right? And then we teach them about um, building psychological safety. When we're going through our own traumas, did we have someone to talk to? Did we have someone to go to? Yeah. What did we listen to when, you know, like music, I know is something for you, right? Like, And then through COVID, a lot of these kids might be uh, experiencing languishing. You know, languishing is a state before you go into uh, depression. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in that depression and you're not able to come out or have uh, tools to be able to pull yourself out, then you go into clinical depression where it comes to pills or how many kids are going through that now, right? Right. And um, And then moving on from that, we teach them gratitude to show someone or tell someone, thank you right where every chance that I get like thanks Mike for allowing the platform for allowing us to do this um you know so I go back to imagine if if we would have known this right and you see this through our relationships three different people I grew up in three different parts Mm -hmm. of the world right or even in this state but we have a lot of similarities. Right. So if we were able to channel that and understand, well, I'm feeling good, but I'm not struggling. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to struggle well, you're able to flourish and flourish effectively. Mm-hmm. So that is why well being was so important. And when I would come back home, I would tell Brian, like, oh, I learned this. Oh, I learned this. And it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. but we gonna be alright. You know.
0: You know. <laughs> You're, you're right, and you touched on something about schools, and this is the thing, and this is why Like I'm, I'm a big advocate for kids and why I've always worked with kids, and I love working with kids, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm excited about working with the coalition and even you know working with uh, Brenda over a pretty little poppy to work, doing her workshops. It's because schools, schools are great, and, and I don't want to minimize school. Education is great, right? But they teach you to go to school, get an education, and then go get a job. Be happy. Right. Right. They don't teach you the path to all this stuff. Right. They don't teach you the path to get it. Like like you just can't graduate college and go to like Google and get a job. Right. It's not going to happen. Like you got to have some type of experience. You got to have like a path to get there. Like you're just not going to pick up the phone and say, hi, I just graduated Mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. Hire me. Okay, you're hired. Like what's the path in between? And that path in between is such a huge gap all kind of stuff is going to happen. All kind of point disappointments, all kind of life is going to happen. And that's what they don't teach you in school. It's how to get through that and go down that path. Because even if you, like you say, you want to work at a Google or a MGM or universal, whatever, like whatever you want to do, right. There's still that path you have to walk and Everybody has a different path, but you kind of got to, we got to kind of teach kids like don't, think it's a a, a straight line because it's not like you're going to go through so many struggles and yeah. you're gonna get off course and, and it's okay to get off course it's okay to circle back to something to learn something and you know to to get to your destination
2: right,
3: right. it might be the the same path that we're all walking on but depending on the day it's different so it might be raining so right day it might be sunny you know yeah. what I mean same path just a different uh, circumstance
0: right but they don't they don't teach you that i mean I mean think about how many I mean, I, I don't even know the percentages, but I know it's high. Think about how many people graduated college and got these college degrees. How many people are actually using their college degrees?
1: Right. right. <laughs> they're <laughs> not,
0: because they, they didn't teach them the path.
1: Right. That's why I always say, you know, well, Brian taught me this, right, between what's the difference between wisdom and ex, what? what uh, is it? What, uh,
3: education? Yeah. Well, see, the thing about education is uh, you, you get taught this, right, and right. You know, it's something that you think you're supposed to use. But as far as like wisdom, I, I think the, the nice thing about wisdom is it never expires. You know, right. somebody could teach you something at that moment, but you, it's up to you to, to to accept it or reject it. Right. So even if you rejected it at that point, that wisdom, the seed was planted. Right. You know, that maybe it wasn't for you at that moment. But later on in life, you remember that what the the wise things that was once taught you to you, mm-hmm. and you you get that seed at that moment, and then you build from that moment. You yeah. know, it's <clears throat> wisdom doesn't expire. So if they teach you that back then, it's it
0: could be
1: useful. Yeah. Later and it on comes with experience. Right.
0: I, I think okay. wisdom is wisdom. You can take like you said, it doesn't expire. You can take that and apply it to anything in life. Right. But if you go and again, I'm not knocking education. So. No teachers get mad at me. No. But if you go to school and you learn a trade, you're only you're limited to that trade. But at the same time, if I teach you how to, um, matter of fact, prime example, because people, I have a graphic design background, right? never went to school for anything, but I've probably designed... Everything that you possibly see when you walk out these doors on television, on billboards, right? Never went to school for it. So when people tell me they go to college and they, for they get a graphic design degree, I'm like, for what? Because school can teach you how to use Photoshop, right. Adobe Illustrator, all that, right? They can teach you the functions. Wisdom is going to teach you the creativity,
1: right? The experience,
0: the experience, right? Yeah. Like. They can only teach you the functions, but they can't teach you how to be creative. It's either in you or it's not.
1: Right, I mean like for me, I love what I do and even with my friends, um, I don't sit there and try to fix their problems. We try to work through it or through my, I'll share experiences and my vulnerability And I, I am not, and it's not that I'm not big in school is during my school, a journey, there was a lot of trauma that happened. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt seventh grade, you know, I repeated seventh grade. So I always punished myself for that. And I never allowed myself to grow. Did I want to be I mean, even when I was in high school, I had told my mom, I want to be a sex therapist, Mm. you know, but what it's really called is positive sexuality. Mm. But the reason why I was so passionate about it was if we are able to heal that, you can only imagine how we're going to flourish. Right. So that's why I was always so passionate about it, to be a therapist and why I wanted people to love and be loved because love is something that's so, so pure and Mm. free. Right. What people don't realize is that it's free. Hate, hate. It's it's in our DNA. It's programmed. Yeah. That's why we are so great at being negative, oh, yeah. negative, negative, negative. But loving someone. And being able to be good at it, that's not something that people are willing to be vulnerable, right? Because they think being vulnerable is weakness. So I I wish that I could continue my education. And I shouldn't say I wish because actually I want to go back to school. I, actually, I want to have a PhD behind my name. You know why? Because this is a gift that I had and mm-hmm. I never went to school from it. But because I'm not, you know, it's not behind me, doesn't mean that my certification is not, it's not valid. Right. Right, I've worked around with my experiences to apply that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I can be relatable. It's because I am vulnerable. Yeah. I'll tell you, hey, I'm, I've gone through a lot of shit. I have this, I have that, and I know this, but I'm willing to share that. Mm-hmm. And that's why with the kids and with the, with the schools, I think why they connect with us is because we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I love when we go back to our Paris High because, you know what, that's where I graduated from. And I did. I graduated class president. I graduated with a two year scholarship from R X experience high where a kid like me could get that. Yeah, they made it happen. And when I go back to the schools and I tell them I'm an alumni from here, alumni, what does that mean? I graduated from here. But because I graduated from here didn't mean that that was the end of me. Right. That doesn't define who I am because there's a continuation high school behind my name. Look at where I'm at. I'm on a podcast and you're listening to me, you know? Like right. like Dave Chappelle says, you clicked on my face. Right. But, you know, <laughs> but it's the truth. It you're is. choosing to hear my vulnerability. And you could choose to judge it or you can choose to pull out your piece of paper with your pen and jot down notes. Learn from my mistakes because I'm willing to share that. Right. You know, and that's where I say I am very wise because I have gone through those mistakes, trial and error. Like you said, okay, she came prepared today. Right. Because I made a mistake but i chose to either continue that mistake every time you're going to tell me to do it or i'm going to learn from that mistake from that one time you told me to do it. Right. So that's why i always tell my kids is what you do next that matters. Yeah. We're all going to make we're all going to make mistakes. When i started to be more vulnerable with my kids and be like, yeah, i messed up. Yeah, i used to smoke weed. Yeah, this and yeah, that where they're just like, "You? You, mom? You yeah, man." I have mistakes, too, where now these kids are learning, like, oh, man. So you're not perfect.
0: Right, and, and that's why I love doing this show and telling people stories because people do look at us, you know, whether, you know, however, high a pedestal people put yeah. us on, they look at us like, oh, wow, like, we didn't go through shit. Right. You know, like, every, and it, again, this is why I love doing this. This is why I love having everybody on my show has gone through some type of adversity to get to where they're at. Right. And those stories, I want people to know that we're all human. We've all been down some type of path yeah. where we've fallen off. Again, it's it's never a straight line. There's never an A to B, right? There's always that path. People don't fell off, got back on it. You know, like I've done, if you know all <laughs> no, a shit I've done, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, people can also look at my backstory and say, oh, damn, like he's very fucking successful. Right. Yeah, I, I've made it. And. I've probably done everything I've ever wanted to do, you know, yeah. but that's cause I went after it and not saying that that role was easy. No. Like i made a lot of sacrifices during my first marriage. I was constantly out three, four in the morning. I did. And who says Kobe Bryant s- said this, like he decided he wanted to be the greatest basketball player, but it came with a lot of sacrifices. He had to miss a lot of birthdays miss a lot of celebrations, miss family time because he had a sickening work ethic. And he knew he had to do that to be the greatest. So success, again, you can't go through, you can't get to success without going through failure. And you go through a lot.
1: But even though when you do bring up Kobe, you're right. He did have great work ethic, but he also knew that he had, he had the ability to pivot. Right. So what he used to use is the roadmap. Do I continue to go back down into that loop and fall into shit? Right. Right. And, and hurt my family because he did have a hiccup in, in the early stage. Right. Did he continue to do that? No. Did the mistake happen? Yes. Did he learn from that mistake? Absolutely. Right. So what people fail to also realize is that although Kobe did have that, you know, work ethic and he was constantly, you know, but how did he pivot around that? That's when he invested into the helicopter right yeah. so he 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 even says it i was there for drop off and i was there for pickup mm-hmm. and the family was always with him and whenever he traveled even when he was away from vanessa he invested in in their relationship right knowing the favorite songs he was in a piano um right. you know <laughs> but he learned how to do it so that's why i always tell people what you do now it's okay we're gonna make the mistakes but what you do next Is what matters, right? Right. We grow every single day. We're not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But will we learn from those mistakes?
3: You know, we're talking about mistakes, and it's like we're trying to protect our kids from mistakes all the time and trying to make life so much easier. And I'm getting to a phase in my life where, and seeing my kids, like, they're going to need to make their own mistakes because that was my biggest growth, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, my mistakes are my biggest blessing, you know? So it was like, uh, when do we take that protection off our kids right I think that's a, a discussion that uh, uh, parents need to have
0: no you, you got you gotta I think you gotta have those discussions and, and boundaries because I, I used to be the same way like and I think as parents we all did right we want to tell our kids our stories and so they won't make the same mistakes but they they have to though right like I actually decided to learn that like even like with my daughter like as much as I want to go over and have this conversation with her about what she's doing, but it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to let you figure it out because you have to, because you're not going to understand it unless you go through it.
1: Right. But we can't, but you can still tell her and remind her that you love her every step oh, of the way. 100%. Yeah. And I always sometimes tell Brian, too, it's it's the behavior that you want in return that you have to put out. Yep. You know, the behavior you want in return that's I mean you put out that's what you're gonna get in return so that's where the vulnerability and mm-hmm. all of that and although you're gonna share those experiences or those hiccups that you win but they can do the same thing what I said they can yeah. either continue that mistake with the generational baggage mm-hmm. or they can pull out their piece of paper with their pen and be like oh shoot they did that okay let me cross that out mm-hmm. okay they were able to say let me utilize that and that's where my some my son tells me that like, You know, mom, thank you for everything that you do for your strength, for just being there. Although you're not, you know, good. I don't matter. They matter. But then again, I'm showing them that they don't matter. Everyone else matters. Mm -hmm. So I do have to be careful with that, you know, because the behavior that I'm putting out is the behavior that they're learning. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have to then go back and be like, okay. I have to shift that. And it's okay to use, again, those roadmaps, right? Do Mm -hmm. we continue to go up and then come back down into that pile of, you know, crap? Or are we going to roadmap into positivity? Well, although I don't have this, but I still have that, right? Mm -hmm. And focus on the good and not focus necessarily on the bad, but don't ignore it, right? With our past and our childhood, don't ignore it. Know that it's there. It's part of your truth and and your reality. But how can we pivot? How can we pivot? And I think that that's where we all are today, right? We're in that pivoting stage. Like, oop, I know what to do. Oh, no, it is. And, and, it, and,
0: it's, and it's still a learning thing. Like, even like I said, when I saw my daughter the other night, um, she was, uh, Nina was actually on her way, taking her to the emergency room. And I, I kind of joked with her. Uh, because my daughter always joking, right? So <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to have surgery? And she started crying. I thought she was joking. So Nina looked at me. and She's like, will you hug her? And I'm like, why? <laughs> I, th- I thought she was joking, right? Yeah. I thought she was fake crying, but she was really crying. She was like, Why would you say that? And I was like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. So I had to hug her like she was really crying because she was going to the emergency room. She didn't want surgery. Yeah. You know, and as far as, it was some, for something minor, right? right? Like like me and Nina was even like, Why are you going to the emergency room? But she wanted to go. So we ended up taking her, right? And um, <laughs> she started crying. I thought she I felt bad afterwards because she started crying. Yeah, and I was it's like, like oh, him and shit. my daughter.
1: <laughs> You know, just the other day, what did I say, too? Like, you have to be careful with, although she's being a brat, she's being a diva. Right. Then he's like, well, I'm going to serve her with the same plate. And I said, well, be careful. Yeah, you, you <laughs> got to You can't careful. do that. <laughs> That's hard. Because
0: I tried to do that.
3: Yeah. Right. That's why I like it. On Not like it, but when I find an opportunity to be a father in the show or yeah. and show her some affection and emotional support, I, I'll take advantage of that. Uh, all the time you
0: know No, and and that's why like I wasn't I wasn't supposed to go to the emergency room with her but when she like how you was saying just a minute ago you still have to show them that love and like you care right so when she started crying I did I gave her a hug and I was you know telling her I'm sorry like it was a joke and she was like it's okay so at that moment I changed my plans that night and I went to the emergency room with her and sat there all night with them yeah. Because I, I felt like I needed to do it because I, I, was, I was being an asshole. <laughs> like, no,
1: but but you have to remember it's a daughter, right? Yeah. So let's say now let's put let's flip it, right? Yeah. What if it was some guy, right, right, that she's dating that is putting jokes on her like that? Mm-hmm. As a father, how would you feel, right? Right. You'd be like, man, let his ass walk outside. I'm to really show him was was right. what. So I would tell him that be like, you got to be careful, because if you're yelling, if you're screaming and you're doing and then you turn around, and say, but I love you. Mm-hmm. What are you teaching them? So then they're going to grow up in life. And even though the guy is yelling, even though he could turn around and be like, but I love you. And they're going to not know their true worth and build their psychological safety to understand like, oh, wait, no, nah, this ain't a joke. Right. Like my dad don't because you're her first love. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, my dad was still my first love. My dad really never yelled. My dad still loves me. I'm still his baby. You know, like right. I'll still sit in bed and cuddle with him. And there's a different connection that I do have for my dad. You know, that I'm still his baby, la niña, you know, la niña, mm-hmm. la niña, always be la niña. You know, but he's so tender with me. Right. So that's why when I tell him, like, man, I know what it's like. Like, you better come get your Nina. <laughs> you know, but it's but it's the truth because, right. and he even sees it with my dad when he comes and he gardens and, you know, there's that's why when my dad got sick, it I always say it was one of the biggest pains for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could feel when Brenda was saying that about her dad because that's our first love. Right. That's my daughter's first love. Oh, that's her dad. That's her daddy, you know, and mm-hmm. she gets away with murder. <laughs> no, my daughter too. Yeah, my, my, you
0: my, right. ki, my kid is so spoiled. It's not yeah. even
1: funny. Yeah, and vice versa with my son. That's my baby boo, you know, all the time. Oh, my little Paquito, and I baby him and, and all that. Sometimes, Mehmet, you know, she'll look at me all crazy and be like, oh, Ethan did it. But it's because I want him to know what it's like to be right. treated from a woman. <clears throat> this is the way you got, it, and that's where I tell him. There's only certain he'll be like, "Oh, you gotta, you know, with melody." Da, da, da. But that's not. I get it. I am. We do have a different love and a different understanding, but from a man to your daughter, that's your first love. Right. And vice versa with, with, you know, a mom and a son. But it doesn't mean that even though if you didn't have that, you can still portray it. That's why it's so important with schools, with TVs and what is put out, because if that's what we're showing them, that's what they're going to think it's supposed to be like with, maybe a child that doesn't have that right. so that's why it's it's so meaningful to do these workshops and even with complete strangers that i meet i just put the whole thing building psychological safety you know character strengths, highlighting all this but even they that's their takeaway from me even if i'm able to touch one person yeah i've made a difference
0: absolutely
3: so. yeah sometimes we forget our our roles as parents mm-hmm. you know uh like a, 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 fa- a, role, a father's role in a daughter's life is to show the daughter how a man should be treating her. Mm. You know, that's what we're supposed to be teaching our daughters at a young age and right. until the rest of their life, you know, until she gets married herself. And a role for a mother mother to a son is to show the, uh, uh, to, to show the son how to treat a woman, mm. how a woman should be treated, you right. know? And the father's role to a son is to show him how to be a man and how to respect women. And a, a woman's role for a daughter is to show... Uh, the daughter how to be a woman and you know how to be treated you know it
1: it was even through a very like innocent conversation that like our our son was kind of starting to talk to a girl and you know he was very serious and then I had said oh do you want to go to youth you know thing at the church there'll be other girls or something like that and you know what he said to me he said do you see daddy with other girls and I said no why what do you mean so why would you suggest me to be with someone else or to look at other girls. And it was just a joke. It right. was something so, but that's what we were putting out. So that's why I say it starts at home. Yeah. It starts at home. What we do inside those walls, that's our contribution back to society because I'm teaching my my Mm -hmm. son, although, I mean, you know, now he's a teen, he's, you know, exploring other things, but still it's the foundation. If we would have that in and out, or I'm going to be out and doing this or all of that, or not working through our relationships or even through conversation. That's why it was so hard on my son Mm -hmm. to, for me to make that comment, like, oh, he's, because he sees this, he sees our true connection. And even when they're not around, that's my best friend, you know, like any little concert or any show and whatever we do, that's my ride or die. You know, that's why I told him, this This podcast is going to be easy, baby. This is what we do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's the Costco, anything.
3: Yeah,
1: it. that's the best. <laughs> man, I love it. I
2: love it.
0: But, well, wow, man, we, we are definitely going out of time. All right. But, man, thank you. Thank you, guys, for sharing your story. Seriously. I mean, this is why I love doing what I do. This is why I'm excited about being part of the coalition to make a difference. And we're going to have fun with this. Oh, yeah. And we're definitely going to touch people. I mean, I'm already getting feedback from, you know, even with Brenda's, uh, Little, little poppy her uh, her story some I, mean, I don't know if you saw it but you know people are like, reaching out to her saying wow i didn't know that like and, and like i said it was only two people and that's not saying two people watched it but two yeah. people reached out to her and that's what mattered to me like even if we one person but right. two people reached out to her and was like wow i didn't know i didn't know that about you and it right. made a difference to two people yeah and that's it's great
1: vulnerability is strength y'all vulnerability yeah. is strength
0: so, well, testimony I'm, testimony exactly and then, you know lives. we we got to we got we got to be open up about our conversations and, and my story can go deeper this is more conversations but we're going to definitely have them yeah. um i'm excited i'm yeah. truly excited
1: the best is yet to come
0: yes
3: amen
1: so thank you
0: guys thank you brian for joining us on <laughs> yeah. the show um, you. appreciate Baby. you man appreciate you. you appreciate you guys yeah. both of you i mean uh-huh. being, being an example of what you know couples should do like you know it's not easy, but you guys are making it, and you guys are doing it together. Yeah, and I, I love that.
1: And when we first met you, we were together. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were no, doing. You guys was.
0: Uh, I remember. Mean, yeah. Hey, I felt the energy
1: back then. Yeah. yeah. I did.
0: I felt it back then. I mean, you guys are good people. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Appreciate Aww. it. We are the goddies, right, baby? The goddies. <laughs> doing it the gaudy way, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Anyways,
0: we're out of here until um, right. next week. Yeah. See
2: you. All
1: right. Bye, guys. Bye. Be well.